to the Wild Wisdom Podcast with Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm Dr. Patricia. This podcast is for people who want to transform their health, restore their hormones, and reconnect to their body's natural wisdom. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia. I'm a Canadian medical doctor, published author, internationally recognized researcher, and passionate advocate for your health. Here, we'll explore the intersection between ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, distilling the essence of true health into practical steps you can take. Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Today I want to talk about, um, and we're going to be diving more and more into how the body is so intricately and wonderfully interconnected in ways that we are only beginning to experience and um, understand. Um, And here I'm going to use an example, um, which is the process of effortlessly achieving and maintaining ideal weight because there's a lot of confusion out there about how to how the body works in this very simple um you know process if you think about it up until not that long ago like you know in the last century or so unless um uh, a person was like working at the extremes of the spectrum so of of weight. So for example, you know, an extreme of the spectrum of weight is when you are so calorie deprived that you lose a significant amount of weight, for example, being in a concentration camp. So it's very um, difficult for a person who's in a very restricted caloric um, situation, like being in a concentration camp, to uh, effortlessly maintain their ideal weight. And then there are the people on the other end of the spectrum where there's so much uh, food intake, like just so much, you know, eating, 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 like to the point of forcing oneself. And then that, you know, there is um, a period of time during which a person will um, gain a lot of weight. However, under normal circumstances, like in a healthily functioning body, um, when that person is provided uh, with access to um, healthy foods, you know, sufficient healthy foods, the the history shows that the person's body's weight is fairly well regulated on its own and it's when we introduce um um you know more modern products and ways of living into the mix that we start to uh, get in the way of the body's natural intelligence for staying within its um, sort of genetic set point, right? So we're born with a genetic blueprint and that blueprint provides us like a a certain inherent set point for the weight. And what happens is that um, because of things that are happening in our modern living um, and it's related to many different factors, which we're going to get into, um, there is a change in the way that the genetics is used. So the blueprint is read, so to speak, so that the set point that can actually change, um, a person's, um, you know, weight can drop too low or it can go too high. And it's rarely to do entirely and only with calorie intake and calorie expenditure because the body 
is not a calculator, okay? The body does not go, you know, calories in, calories out, uh, and that's it. The body is so much more complicated than that. It is like a chemical reactor. It has all of this chemistry going in it, and it's also operates like a battery. It has, you know, um, like an electrical energy to it also. Um, and that's, you know, I mean, doctors and researchers all know this. You can measure the electrical activity in your body um, using sensitive research instruments. Uh, we measure the electric activity of the brain, the electric activity of the nerves, okay? And within every cell of the body, there is a kind of like um, like a portable battery pack that creates energy all the time using electric, electric gradients. Um, it's really cool. And that's the mitochondria, which is, um, a little organ within every, um, cell of the body that actually, um, I'll have to go into in some detail some other time, but they are actually, um, ancient bacteria that one of our original ancestor cells swallowed up and found that they could create way more energy with this bacteria inside of them than outside of them. And so they formed this beautiful symbiotic relationship and that um, mitochondria works a bit like a battery pack. So we are like walking battery packs, walking chemical reactors. And so there's so much more to the equation than calories in and calories out equals the weight that you are. And a perfect example of this is to start the discussion with hormones. And so um, let's say that you're an individual who has uh, a really well-functioning body, okay? And let's say that you're eating um, a fairly clean diet, like a whole foods diet with vegetables and whole grains, properly prepared whole grains and happy animal meat. Um, or your, you know, vegetarian or vegan protein uh, intake with healthy fats, okay? So assuming that that's the way that you're living, which by the way, don't worry if you're not because you would be, um, you know, most people are not living that way. Um, but let's say you are and you're, and um, in addition to that, you haven't had any overusing of antibiotics, anti-inflammatories, uh, anti-inflammatory medications, you haven't eat, eaten too many processed foods so that the lining of your gut is intact. The microbiome, which is a community of organisms living inside your gut, is in good balance. And um, let's say you're not overly stressed out by life. You've got really great coping mechanisms, you know, stress coming into your life and how you perceive it and how you deal with it, okay? So if you're that person, <laughs> I'm kind of laughing because like, you know, who really is that person these days? Um, but that's what we're striving to be, right? Is is to be in alignment with the laws of nature, with the laws within ourselves, so that we can experience what I'm going to explain to you as being like the optimal functioning. So, what you would experience if that's your reality is that you would eat your food, right? Your healthy food, and um, you would be eating your food in a state of relaxation. So you'd be sitting down to eat your meal. And what that does is when you sit down and you take some deep breaths and you're eating like you're, you're not exposed to like watching the news, which is triggering or eating while you're driving, which is very activating for the nervous system or eating on the go, like while you're walking or, you know, just kind of scarfing something down because you just feel like it's, you know, it's time to eat. So you just got to get something in you. So assuming that you're not eating that way, that you're sitting down, taking some nice deep breaths for your meal, looking at your meal, appreciating your meal, and then taking the time to kind of chew your meal carefully, 
what that does is it sets up the nervous system. So the part within the body that regulates our um, rest and digest and repair kind of activities, that part of the nervous system is called the parasympathetic nervous system. So um, you're in a calm state and the, the nerves that the, the primary nerve that is active during the state is called the vagus nerve. Okay. So you eat your food and the food goes into the stomach and the stomach does like a whole bunch of amazing stuff actually, which is kind of crazy. But one thing it does is it um, distends when you eat. So you're, there's like a, um, an expansion of the stomach, right? And that expansion, that distension is that signal is sent up the vagus nerve to the brain to tell the brain that it's had enough and it's satisfied. Okay. So in order for you to feel satisfied with your food, that vagus nerve has to be working. It can't be turned off. And what turns off the vagus nerve is everything that um, is the anti, like the anti rest and digest and repair, which is um, activating the sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight or flight or vigilance, okay, kind of state. So again, if you are not sitting down to eat calmly, if you're sitting down while you're working and eating, if you're watching the news while you're eating, if you're driving while you're eating, walking while you're eating, um, and if, or if you're ruminating or worrying or depressed or anxious or sad while you're eating, that means that your body's in the sympathetic nervous state, um, in that kind of fight or flight vigilance state. And that means that that vagus nerve activity is down, is turned down or turned off, which means that when you're eating your food, you're no longer getting the feedback to your brain and the proper amounts that you are satisfied with how much food you ate. Okay. So for example, like in Japan, they say, eat until you're 80% full. Well, if you are not in a proper state, like a mental state while you're eating, you may not even recognize that you're full, like 80% or otherwise. Okay. So that's the, that's one link between, um, you know, your weight and the state, the way that, the way that you eat, we're not even talking about what you ate yet. We're talking about how you're eating it. Okay. And then the other thing that happens is that when you are um, eating, a whole bunch of hormones get released in response to your foods. And um, the number one kind of hormone, there's a whole bunch that get released, but a big one is, is the hormone insulin. And insulin is the hormone that detects the amount of sugar in your blood. Okay. And so when you eat your food, um, part, the carbohydrates in your food get turned into sugar, um, which goes into your bloodstream. Now, if you're eating the right kind of foods, which are like, you know, your, your vegetables um, and your uh, whole grains that have been properly prepared and, um, you know, your rice that has been rinsed and soaked um, before being cooked, for example, so you don't have too much of that fine rice flour on it. Those are the slow carbs, as I like to call them, because they get slowly broken down and slowly released into the blood so that a little bit of the hormone insulin gets um, released by the body in response to that small amount of blood sugar that's slowly released over time. And when you have that small amount of insulin released, then it's like everything happens perfectly. It's like the Goldilocks zone. Um, That insulin 
um, signals to the um, cells in the body that it's time to kind of take in the energy, like, you know, and for a period of time, you're, you're taking in energy, you're storing energy, you're using energy for bodily functions, and the little bit of sugar that might be left over, if any, would be turned into fat. Um, and then the, also what insulin does is it travels to the brain and it activates um, a part of the brain that turns on that sympathetic nervous system a little bit, not too much, not too little, just enough. And what that does is it increase, it like revs up your metabolism, right? Like it just kind of like little gentle revving up of your metabolism so that it's like burn it, burning energy signal. Okay. Um, but not too much of that. Okay. Just enough. And so then what happens is that you're done eating and your insulin now goes down your sympathetic nervous system, that kind of, um, revving up of the metabolism kind of goes down and um, you have a break from your hormones uh, until the next meal. And um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that needs to happen at that time. Now, the interesting thing too is that insulin, um, in order, so we have two, one, I've discussed one way that you feel satisfied with your meal. One way is the stretching of the stomach sends a signal through the vagus nerve up to the brain and tells you that you're like physically have had enough to eat, like volume wise. And then there's also a chemical sense of satisfaction where the insulin kind of, uh, I like to say, like tickles the fat cells that you have in the body. Like, let's say you've got some fat cells in your body and everybody does, even people who are slim, right? You need to have some fat cells for, um, you know, insulation and, and um, energy storage for those times when you need to like um, access energy. And let's say you're, you're like going for like a nice long hike and you don't have lots of food with you. You want your body to be able to like, access that stored energy. So you do need some fat. And um, the insulin, when it's released, also goes around and kind of tickles the fat cells and the fat cells release this hormone called leptin. Isn't it so cool that fat cells actually make their own hormones? It's kind of fascinating. And which is why it's really like hormonal balance really starts to get difficult the more fat cells that you start to lay on. Now, the, under normal conditions, the insulin tickles the fat cells, the hormone leptin gets released, and leptin is a hormone that goes up to the brain, and it also stimulates that sympathetic nervous system a little bit just to kind of rev up that metabolism and start burning some energy because you just ate, and it also signals uh, satiety or satisfaction. So it, it's like the, and it's called satiety. Um, so your, your brain is getting the physical and chemical message <clears throat> that it has had enough to eat, okay? Like enough insul enough carbohydrates stimulating the enough insulin. The insulin stimulates the leptin, which stimulates the brain to say, you have had enough to eat. And so your hunger goes down, or it should go down, and now you're not hungry until it's time for your next meal. So that's under normal conditions. What happens is that when we start to mess things, any, any portion of that, if it starts to get messed up, throws that system out of whack. So one way to throw that system out of whack, so to speak, is to eat too many fast carbs. So those are foods that have been refined into flour. So like whole grains refined into flour. So like oats turned into oat flour, rice turned into rice flour, wheat turned into wheat flour. Um, quinoa turned into quinoa flour, chickpeas turned into chickpea flour. So even if it's gluten-free, um, so long as it's been turned into a flour that turns into a sugar in the blood, that means that, that that amount of food 
that normally would have taken a long time to break down in the body because it's packaged by mother nature in its original form because it's been turned into flour. It basically acts like a sugar, like we're very quickly absorbed. Like it's a fine powder that gets quickly broken down in the gut, in the stomach, right? In the mouth and the stomach. So it's quickly absorbed by the body into the blood. You have a massive, massive spike of sugar all of a sudden that happens in the blood all at once. So then the body needs to release a massive amount of insulin. Okay. So it takes it that way you have more insulin floating through the bloodstream and for longer period of time, right? So now you have a few things happening. Remember, insulin is the signal for storing energy. So you've got more sugar and more signal for storing energy. So now you're in a fat creation mode. And while insulin is high, you can't burn fat. It's like the fat burning capacity of your body is turned off, like an off switch. So no bueno, right? Not good. Um, and, be, and it'll last for longer beyond the meal because the spike of insulin was so high. Now, at first, what happens is in the early stages, like let's say I'm eating a healthy diet and then all of a sudden um, I get introduced to these like foods, like these flour foods, sugary foods, processed foods that have a lot of these simple sugars in them. Even if it's agave nectar and, you know, all these things like healthy sugars, I'm kind of quote unquote, it still can be an issue um, in terms of triggering too much insulin. So if you eat like tons of bananas or tons of dates and like to have fruit smoothies and fruit juices, even though they're not necessarily processed, it's still a lot of sugar all at once. And that can cause trouble over time. So once like the occasional you know, like um, birthday party and that kind of stuff or going out for an occasional dinner, that's fine. But if it becomes like a part of your regular everyday practice, like a fruit smoothie every morning, a banana every single day, you know, that can start to be a problem too. It'll take longer for it to be a problem than if you're eating flour products like pizza, pastries, cookies, um, donuts, croissants, cookies, um, even protein bars, you know, they have a lot of hidden sugars in them. So, but that, you know, that if you're eating those kinds of foods, this problem will happen sooner. Um, if you start to overdose on fruits all the time throughout the year without eating seasonally, like, you know, fruits in season, you're also going to eventually run into this problem potentially. Okay. And that's this, that the insulin gets over-released too high amounts. You start to, your body starts to get the signal to store energy. Don't burn fat, store energy, don't burn fat. Plus the body starts to become... Um, the, plus the insulin is like now going up to the brain and stimulating that nervous system. Remember that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight vigilance kind of activation of the nervous system. And, but instead of stimulating a little bit, it's like stimulating it a lot. And quite frequently, especially if you're eating these foods like breakfast, cereal, lunch, sandwich, dinner, pasta, pizza, or whatever, right? Like, and snacks, pastries and protein bars and that kind of stuff and smoothies and stuff. So let's say it's happening all the time. Now you're constantly um, revving up that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight, um, that kind of like, you know, running away from the tiger kind of response in the body. Um, what happens is that now you are overactivating the stress system of your body throughout the day through this chemical interaction between insulin and that part of the brain, which is kind of fascinating. By the way, like, just to give you an idea, I'm a... Um, as you know, I'm a specialist in physical medicine rehabilitation, and I started my research training with the one of the world-renowned experts in the autonomic nervous system, which is this involuntary nervous system of the body, which is this like, you know, balance between rest, digest, repair versus run, fight, 
protect, you know, vigilance, kind of like run away from the tiger kind of system. And the thing is, we need a little bit, we need them to have in balance. But if we have the sympathetic nervous system, that, um, that kind of overactivation of the nervous system in ascendance, like too much throughout the day, it's very, very, very damaging for the body. Why? Because number one, the blood flow in the body changes. So when you're running away from a tiger, for example, you need more blood flow to the muscles, but less blood flow to the reproductive organs like your ovaries and your uterus and your testes. You need less blood flow to your hair. That's why a lot of people lose hair in times of stress is one of, is one of, this is one of the reasons you lose blood, like blood flow gets diverted away from your hands and your feet. So you get cold hands and cold feet. Um, you know, blood flow to your um, adrenal glands change and to your kidneys change. And people start to develop even issues with hypertension, like high blood pressure because of this dis- changes in distribution of blood flow to the body, right? And when you're um, in that state, you're also overactivating the adrenal glands and the adrenal glands secrete their own hormone called adrenaline and cortisol. And those hormones in high amounts persistently through the day, whether it's physical stress from the food that you're eating causing too much insulin to then trigger that system or Maybe you're like um, kind of an anxious person and you don't deal with stress very well. So you're kind of easily stressed out by life events. Either one of those ways or both, maybe that's the worst is if you're eating poorly in that way and you're stressed out by life events, um, you're going to get a lot of cortisol hormone flowing through your blood and it really damages the tissues. Um, People with high levels of cortisol, it's called hypercortisol state they develop over time um, high blood pressure, um, type 2 diabetes, uh, gestational diabetes if you're pregnant, cancer, strokes, heart attacks, um, just increase all causes of death um, goes up when you're in a hypercortisol state. Okay, so not good. So, you know, so this is one of the ways that, um, so you have too high of insulin and then because remember the insulin also tickles the fat cells, so you get the release of leptin. And you would be like, well, that's good, right? My body's going to be told even more, like, stop eating these foods. The interesting thing is that it, that does happen at first, but over time, because the body, the, the fat cells are growing in size because you're eating too many fast carbs and too much insulin, so now you're getting more fat cells. And in addition to that, you're stimulating the leptin pathway, like, more. So it's like, it's more frequent and larger volumes of leptins or leptin are being released into the blood and you can develop what's called leptin resistance, which is that your body no longer responds to the signal of leptin, which means that your body no longer has that chemical cue of being satisfied with how much you're eating. And because the leptin and the insulin activate the sympathetic nervous system, which turns down the functioning of the vagus nerve, you also are not getting the cue of the physical satisfaction of the stomach being distended. Okay. So now you're in this vicious cycle where because of the choices of your food and drinks, remember like fruit juices, smoothies, also dairy products like milk has a lot of lactose, which is a sugar too, which can stimulate insulin release. Um, you know, you can get into this really vicious cycle where you're eating these foods that are triggering this hormonal imbalance, which are affecting your nervous system, which is changing the way that your body feels satisfied or lack of satisfaction with how much food it's eating. 
So then you're going to eat more of those foods that's going to further imbalance you chemically and neurologically, like, you know, the, the nervous system. And that's how, that's one way that the body can start to experience an imbalance in its set point of weight. So your weight starts to climb, starts to climb, starts to climb. And the normal kind of systems that would regulate your weight, such as the nervous system and the hormones, they're being thrown out of whack. So they cannot bring you back to your set point. And then in that circumstance, if a person tries to calorie restrict, um, but they're still eating the wrong kinds of foods, they're calorie restricting, but still eating a lot of fast carbs then they're kind of really hooping themselves because they're still imbalancing their hormones and they're depriving themselves of like essential nutrients that you need to get with foods that you often only get with whole foods and you're getting even less of that now so that you may at first experience a relative loss of weight but in order to maintain that you have to stay at a calorie deprived state and that is very uncomfortable for the body and the body will do everything it can to seek more calories. So it'll make you feel hungrier. It'll make you start to crave food. Um, and now you're in this like horrible situation where you're like barely maintaining your ideal weight. You're craving food. You're so hungry. Um, and then even if you do start to eat again, remember your ability to sense hunger um, being satisfied chemically and physically is off. So you, you don't ever quite feel satisfied. And that's the craving set in. So the nice thing to know about this is that you can cut this vicious cycle through two actions. One action is cut out processed foods, cut out fast carbs from your diet, eat your whole, whole grains, um, and you'll have to go back to previous episodes, um, such as um, speaking about like, is the plant paradox healthy or harmful? There's, I discussed there like what you can do to properly prepare your grains. Um, properly preparing your vegetables and your beans and your legumes, eating enough um, healthy sources of protein. So like if you eat animals, eating happy animal meat, because you don't want to get their stressed out hormones in your body because that can dysregulate your hormones too. If you're eating meat from like really sad animals who are living in terrible conditions and they're stressed out as a result. Or they're being fed the wrong food and now they've got their own kind of hormonal uh, imbalance going on and you don't want to take that into your system, right? Um, and eating healthy fats because healthy fats do also, um, like I'm talking about olive oil, um, organic olive oil, organic cold-pressed sesame seed oil. Um, you know, I, I did a podcast, uh, The Skinny on Healthy Fats and the Coconut Oil Paradox. Definitely recommend listening to that. Um, to understand what I mean about healthy oils. And um, when you start to kind of eat that way and you sit down and properly enjoy your meals with a proper nervous system situation, like rest and digest, relax, enjoy, calm, like put some nice music on, or be like a Mediterranean person where the people in like Italy and all these countries, they sit down with family or friends and they just laugh and enjoy and eat calmly and slowly and they chew their foods well. They're in a state of parasympathetic activity. So that's a very good state to be in when you're eating. Don't eat when you're on the run. It's better to skip a meal than eating on the go. Better to skip a meal than eating in the car while you're driving or if you're stressed out by being in a car as a passenger. Anything that causes you to stress out like watching or listening to the news, don't do that while you're eating. And if you can do that, 
and start to pay attention to your body cues of it being satisfied and being able to sense those cues um, physically and chemically, you will slowly start to reset your body back into its proper state for health and thus it will allow itself to regain its set point, which is so key. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, Wild Wisdom with Dr. Patricia Mills. If you like this podcast, please take the time to like and subscribe and please feel free to leave any comments and look below for the contact information if you want to connect with me directly. Thank you and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening or night. Hi everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health.